0: Passion and pageantry of college football lives here. This is the Paul Finebaum Show, Hour Two podcast. This
1: might be college football heaven. Back as uh, we hit the second hour here, National Signing Day, a lot of things happening. Still some moves yet to be made, but the cement is starting to formulate around the number of teams and their positions. This is what it looks like right now. Uh, this is the SEC class rankings. Uh, you see Georgia, Alabama, Texas, Oklahoma. Yeah, that, that matters now because they will play the next football season in the SEC. So Texas and Oklahoma both there at pretty lofty positions. Auburn, Tennessee, Florida at the seventh spot, LSU at eight. South Carolina, Ole Miss, A&M, Missouri, Kentucky, Arkansas. Mississippi State and Vanderbilt. This is from Saturday on South. Connor O'Gara, don't get too excited or depressed about your team's signing day Hall Connor O'Gara joins us. Good afternoon, Connor. Good
2: afternoon, Paul. Yeah, I, I try and just apply that logic to every area of my life. Just don't get excited or too depressed. Sometimes, you know, I think you do, you do need to get excited. And other times, I just don't really think it's worth getting that bummed out about. And there are plenty of cases right now where you're seeing classes that, in my opinion, are going to be drastically different by the time that we look at them a year or two from now.
1: So, yeah, I mean, everything is is very volatile, but uh, very volatile. But uh, let, let's talk about a couple of different classes today, because I think we were all waiting, you know, maybe with some optimism, that uh, Florida was going to uh, stabilize after a brutal season, uh, maybe a worse off season, and then the buildup for today, uh, mostly. Couldn't have gone any worse. Uh, Your takeaway on what we have been able to discern about the University of Florida.
2: Yeah, TBD on the DJ Lagway decision that's coming down in the next half hour here. Uh, Yeah, it's, it's not great. It's not great when you realize that this team was hoping to have a foundation in place at this point. And everybody was talking about this 2024 class as kind of the beginning of that for Billy Napier. And it was at one point sitting there at, what, number three, depending on which site you were looking at. And now to think of all the blue chip talent that they've lost, they've lost six, I think it's six top 150 recruits since November 11th. And that that is just a really, really tough pill to swallow for Billy Napier after the season that he had to lose five in a row to miss out on bowl eligibility. This is a team right now that you're trying to find the path to be able to survive this and to get through this gauntlet that is the 2024 schedule that some are dumb, uh, some are are, are dubbing the, the the toughest in the history of college football so you're looking at all these decommitments going man I wonder how many of these kids are, are seeing the writing on the wall and, and not necessarily seeing this path and and thinking well if I have to to make a, a move next year two years from now then why don't I just do it now and, and kind of get ahead of it
1: yeah, and even uh, and the expectation as we look at the schedule for next year, uh, and the expectation is they are going to land their guy, and and he may be a generational quarterback, Connor, and, and let's hope he is. But that's about it, and I don't know if that's going to be enough because that that was the that was the centerpiece of of your foundational class, and and if you're Billy Napier, seriously. What argument do you make to anyone that uh, this program is going anywhere but down?
2: If you're on the hot seat, you do not want your job, depending on a true freshman quarterback. That's reality. There are coaches who have started true freshmen and have lived to tell the tale. And I I think some of them have happened because the player has just been unbelievably talented and they've stepped in and they've looked the part. And I'm not saying that DJ Lagway can't do that, What I am saying is that it doesn't necessarily bode well for a coach when you you have these must win games and and there are growing pains that come with true freshmen. Not not everybody's going to come in here and be a Jalen Hurts and be a Trevor Lawrence. And there's so many difficult things that you're trying to work through. And we saw even with a quarterback that was better than I gave him credit for this year and Graham Mertz, they still were five and seven. And if this schedule next year is even more difficult, which it looks like it will be with 11 power five opponents with five teams to close the season that are currently ranked in the top 15, four of whom are playing in new year's six bowl games, then yeah, th- this feels like a really difficult, narrow path to success for Billy Napier.
1: Well, I mean, and it, I mean, it's beyond that. Uh, and, and you've had an athletic director who's been very cautious and very and very, very careful but, and measured, but supportive. Uh, Scott Skrickman has talked to all of us at various times, telling us uh, it takes time, uh, we have to build this thing. But, you know, it would be easy to, to, to walk away from this right now and go, this is not gonna, this is not gonna happen.
2: It would. And Scott Strickland is, is saying all the right things because this is his hire. This this is his guy. And I think he knows and everybody around this program knows that that his job security is very much tied to the job security of Billy Napier. The, the problem with preaching patience, while it is all well and good, and I think Florida approached this the right way, trying to have a coach stay there for more than, than four years, which... I mean, it's crazy to think about the, the lack of stability at the head coaching position in the post Spurrier era to, to think about Urban Meyer stayed there the longest. And he was there for, for six years. That's been the longest a, a Florida coach has been there in the, in the post Spurrier era. You can preach all these things about patience, but you got to win football games. And at some point, the mistakes that Florida has made on the field, some of the mental mistakes that have cost them, it's now appearing to have cost them on the recruiting trail as well. And there is only so much time that you get. And people, look, I, I realize on the outside, people that aren't paying attention closely to this, if if Billy Napier it, it does get fired in year three, if that does end up happening, there are a lot of people that are just going to dog Florida fans are going to say, oh, you guys drove them out of town, blah, blah, blah. You haven't been watching. And if this isn't going the place that you need to go, you need to be able to, to start over and try with someone new. That's the reality of the sport. Florida's going to teach keep taking as many hacks as possible.
1: Hugh Freeze has made a little bit of news today, not only getting some, some flips, uh, but uh, throwing a little bit of gasoline on the uh, always-burning SEC cauldron. Uh, he, he mentioned uh, the league, and it seemed like he was calling someone out, Connor, uh, in particular. He said he won some, he lost some, but there were some late-night pushes. Uh, any idea what he's talking about here?
2: I don't. Uh, There are people that are more privy to that information than me. I don't want to speculate necessarily uh, as to what exactly he's talking about. But here's here's an interesting thing that we talk about with the early signing period. It's a bigger picture issue with 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 signing day right now as a whole. There are a lot of these last minute, 11th hour, uh, potentially NIL fueled flips that that appear to be happening before our very eyes. The entire intent of the early signing period was to get rid of those oh, team swoops in at the 11th hour and they try and steal this this commitment and they try and make you know, some sort of final say for an impressionable 17, 18 year old kid. That's still happening. And next year, as Peter Burns pointed out, the college football playoff would be starting today. There's no way that the early signing period should be on the same day as the start of a college football playoff. This needs to change, and I don't think that there's going to be anything that's going to be done to, to necessarily step in and prevent tampering or anything like that, but let's get signing day back to February. Let, let's get it back to February and adjust to the sport and, and understand that there are still so many things at play that, that we are not going to be able to control, but it feels like the calendar is one thing that we have lost control of that we need to get control back of.
1: Conor O'Gara from Saturday Down South uh, giving us a little forethought. As we head to the break, more of your phone calls after this. We will continue.
0: You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show Podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Well, with Hims, now you can get treated for ED without stepping foot outside your door. They're changing men's health care by providing access to affordable sexual health treatments from the comfort of your couch. Hims provides access to doctor-trusted ED treatment options such as chewable hard mints, brand-name treatments like Viagra, or generic alternatives for up to 95% cheaper. The process is simple and entirely online. Just answer a series of questions and a medical provider will determine the right treatment option. If prescribed, your medication ships to you free, no insurance needed. So what are you waiting for? Join the hundreds of thousands of trusted HIMS subscribers and get treated. Start your free online visit today at HIMS.com Paul. That's HIMS.com slash Paul for your personalized ED treatment options. HIMS.com Paul. Hard mints are chewable compounded products which are not approved by or verified for safety or effectiveness by the FDA. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a health care provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies on product and subscription plan.
1: We're back and uh, a lot happening as uh, we uh, continue here. And it looks like uh, there will be some good news for the University of Florida as this day continues concerning its star quarterback uh, DJ Wagley. We'll have more on that in a few minutes. But uh, they were in desperate need of a big win, and it looks like that's exactly what they're going to get. Let's uh, check in with uh, Alan up next in Florida. Hello, Alan.
3: Hey, Paul. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, I'll just you know I me. Mean, I'm a big Tom Gator fan. But uh, one of the best things was losing to the Seminoles because if we would have beat them, none of the drama would have happened. Because, you know, they would have been out. And we should have beat them, but, you know, Peanut got to call them stupid-ass plays. Excuse my French. I I just wonder what you thought about that.
1: Uh, It's interesting, Alan. Uh, It's certainly a a novel theory. Thanks for the call. Gerald is up next in Mississippi. Uh, Hello, Gerald.
4: Hey, Paul. Good to talk to you again, man. Thank you. I'm, I'm so glad you're feeling better. I said a prayer for you, and, and I'm so glad you're you're better. But, you know, I called you about a year ago, maybe a little bit longer, and I asked you about your legacy. If you, have you thought anything? And I was wondering if you put any more thought to it, like maybe somebody going and uh, writing the book like The Truth About Paul Feinbaum. make it start in Tennessee and go all the way to Tallahassee, you know, with your reporting and you stuff. Have you thought any more about that? You know, Gerald, uh, I appreciate
1: your, your call then, and I, and I appreciate it even more now, but uh, the answer is no. And and I think sometimes uh, it's impossible for some people not to get caught up. Uh, I mean, I could I understand someone like Nick Saban uh, being interested in having uh, people document his season for maybe Netflix or uh you know write a book that would come out uh, in coordination. Oh, you but definitely I, I really need don't I be. don't look at it that way. I, I don't really feel like I'm uh, I'm anything other than uh a conduit for the for the fans. So maybe I well, maybe I need humble, to take a, a longer you, look.
4: Yeah, you're hum, you're very humble, but you you definitely have a lot of people's ears. Maybe all might like you, but you definitely have a hold on people want to know what you say. When I go through headlines and stuff and it says Paul Feinbaum said about Florida, I read it, you know. I I wanna know what you said. And I'm a Bama fan. I live here in Hattiesburg and uh, uh Mississippi and uh but I'm a I've been a Bama fan. Willie Shelby and I went to the same school. Oh well, did you really you remember uh, him? I sh- uh, Senator yes, Shelby sir. sure. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: I uh I may have said this. I I spent about two hours with him a year ago, year and a half ago in his office in Washington, and I would put it up against any time I've ever spent with uh, anyone uh, in public life. It was one of the most fascinating uh, afternoons uh, that I've ever had the privilege. Hey, Thank you very, very much. We do have some breaking news. I alluded to it a minute ago, but uh, it has finally happened, and it is a very big story for Billy Napier. Five star QB DJ Lagway has uh, committed uh, and signed. He's, he, he's long, long ago committed. He has now signed. Uh, he has sent the letter of intent in. So he is uh, officially on the board for the Florida Gators. So Billy uh, Napier gets his quarterback. And uh, that is a big plus for Gator Nation. Let's uh, continue with Logan from Alabama. Hello. Good afternoon, Logan.
5: Hey, good afternoon, Paul. Happy holidays. Um, looks like your fans have spoken. They want to tell-all book. Yeah, so Logan, I, uh, uh, I think the question is
1: uh, exactly uh, who should we trust to uh,
5: – I'm thinking a caller to the show. To <laughs> yeah, I think so. I know, I know one guy that we could have ride it, ghost ride it for you, but well, I don't know how that would go. Uh, his name starts with a J. Yeah, from I, I think
1: uh, I'm, I'll agree to that book if if Jimmy, if Jimmy comes on board and, and, and is the ghostwriter. Or maybe maybe <laughs> the better book. Can... How about this for a better book? The Life and Times of Jim from Tuscaloosa. and Call the book Page 54. That, that would be a bestseller because yeah, it would I mean, be totally... I, it... I, I hate to think, but I'm, I, I know Jim would agree with me. I think the Jim from Tuscaloosa book would outsell mine, I think it might, but I mean he he would be telling more lies than Donald Trump in that book, so I don't know well that's uh, not really the issue. It's how many lies you tell, it's how many copies you sell.
5: That's true, it doesn't matter, does it Paul? It, it depends it does on not matter today. I mean that's yeah, true. It's all about uh any press is good press, but um hey, I wanted to ask you i have i I'm at work, I haven't been able to listen to the show what's Alabama's recruiting class rank right now? number two two okay wow I didn't know it was that high that's good okay and I guess Georgia probably has the number one class um all I wanted to ask you I'm not religious as you know but um I'm totally fascinated by the archbishop and how much uh how popular he is with your fans and I've listened to him before and I mean he always has a positive message I can't knock that I mean that's that's great but you probably told the story before. But how did you come about meeting him, and how, how long has he been on the show?
1: Yeah, it's uh, I'd say probably twelve or thirteen years. Uh, in fact, I met him one year. Uh, ironically, it was uh, it was writer. It was Christmas. It was around Christmas Eve. Uh, I was out to lunch with my wife and Mike Slive, the SEC commissioner, and his wife. We were at a restaurant, and uh, all of a sudden, a man uh, stood up dressed uh, in in full uh, regal uh, archbishop's clothes. (laughs) I mean, it was a stunning sight because it really is beautiful. And uh, he introduced himself. He said, we met 20 years ago. Uh, I think he said it's a sugar bowl. Um, And we talked briefly and what was interesting, I uh, said, so I'd love to get together. He wrote me a letter from the Vatican that I never got. And, oh, wow. And uh, the next, he came back for Christmas the next year, and he, uh, I can't remember what happened. I think he called and said, I, I wrote you. I said, well, I, I mean, you don't want to be like rude and say, well, sorry, Archbishop, the, the Vatican mail not exactly the best. Um And we agreed to have lunch on Christmas Eve, Uh, and uh, we ended up, we met at noon, and I I was off that day, he was off, it was exactly, uh, I remember exactly when it was, because uh, I was about to go out to uh, Pasadena, of all things, Logan, for uh, for the game between Alabama and Texas. Right. And we, we had the, it was a mesmerizing afternoon and we got into religion and uh, he was, he had mass that day at five or six. So it was, it was kind of the quietest afternoon of the year for him. And I had literally nothing to do. Um, And uh, it was just, it was just, just happenstance. So at that lunch, I raised the possibility of maybe the next year him coming on and doing a message with us, and he had to get approval from the Vatican. Oh wow! Um, at the, at the time wow. he was, he was not in Rome at the time. I think I have this oh, story okay. correct. Uh, he was in. Uh, was he? He He was in Bangladesh, I believe. And, oh wow! So anyway, uh, the next year we did it, um, and I believe it coincided. Yeah, it did. It was it was eleven. He it was. Uh, it was the Christmas of two thousand and eleven. It was the year of the tornado. It was the year of all these things that had mm-hmm. happened in Alabama and right. uh, we just it just clicked it happened uh and since then we've been doing it every year since
5: That's awesome paul well thanks for thanks for bringing me up to speed on that. I never knew the the backstory behind that, and I guess it can't hurt if he can say a little blessing for the tide, that wouldn't hurt.
1: Well, I'm going to have to push him on that, since uh, you'll, you'll hear the story tomorrow about uh, his 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 father and I became became friends. Uh, th- you know, through the first meeting, uh, he would have us over to his to his mother's house uh, around Christmas, and uh, his father Salvador was the most uh, ardent Auburn fan in the world. Uh, and, oh wow! Uh, so he would, uh, when when things were really going haywire, he would uh, he would email me saying, "Is there any hope?" <laughs> this, yeah, was like, this was like this was, yeah. Got to remember, this is now uh, you know, Auburn had won the title, I think, in uh, in 2010. So mm-hmm. uh, by 2012, when uh, when Shizik <clears throat> was at his last wit, uh, the uh, the. Mar- the, Maria, the Marino uh, clan in, uh, in Birmingham, like Auburn fans everywhere, we're, we're sensing change. We'll take a short break.
0: We are back right after this. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
1: So again, big story of the late part of the afternoon. Uh, Florida finally landed the biggest fish out there. They were trying to. D.J. Lagway, the five-star QB, signed with Florida. And that's where we'll begin as we say hello to Steve Wiltfong from 24-7. See, thanks. I know it's been a busy day. We were all waiting for that shoot a drop. Uh, Good afternoon. Your reaction to that and and does it change the perception of what Billy Napier has not been able to do all day?
6: Well, it's a really good class for Florida from top to bottom. And obviously, if you land, you land DJ Lagway, who might be the most pivotal, most pivotal recruit in this 2024 recruiting cycle. Uh, threw for 4,605 yards and 59 touchdowns as a senior with another 953 yards rushing and 16 scores. Led Willis high to some wins that they've never had in program history. And this is a kid that's got tremendous leadership ability. He's a great teammate. And on top of that, he has all the tangibles you covet. Big arm, a ferocious runner with the football. And he's a guy that I think will get into Florida early, play behind Graham Mertz, but they'll also get some packages ready for him. And he's a guy that can take this program to another level, in my opinion, with the talent he has and the intangibles that he brings to the table.
1: But it, it seemed like, and again, you know, you're, you're, you're looking at, at quick uh, tweets and seeing the wind blow is maybe not the best way to do it as opposed to talking to you. But it, it seemed like Florida was, was losing players. Uh, they've lost a lot of players in the portal. Uh, I realize this is a major hit, a major a major land, but does it, does it make up for – which seemed like a lot of hits uh, earlier.
6: Yeah, they've had some tough losses this cycle. You know, five-star safety, Xavier Filsamy. He's going to go to Texas now. You're going to have to play against him in the SEC. Top 50 defensive lineman Amaris Williams, he decommits today, goes to Auburn. You have Nasir Johnson, who ultimately flipped from Georgia. He's another top 100 player. But if they can get – five-star defensive lineman, LJ McCray signed. He's the number six player in the country, number two defensive lineman in the country. Those are two franchise type pieces for Florida that they can continue to build on. When you look at the way that Coach Napier and his staff have recruited, when you compare it to the past regime, they're winning recruiting battles against programs that are upper echelon in the SEC. They're winning key recruiting battles at the point of attack like they did last cycle with guys like Kelby Collins. D.J. Lagway is a monster win. L.J. McRae, you got to sign him. They got some really good linebackers in the fold right now and Miles Graham and Aaron Childs, who they beat Michigan on. And so there's still some exciting pieces here. They can now go do some work in the portal. But D.J. Lagway is the most pivotal recruiting win of any program in the country for the potential he brings to this program that's trying to build itself back up to prominence.
1: Why, you, mentioned, you mentioned the player a minute ago that has not signed. What, what is the holdup? Florida. Well,
6: sometimes here late in the process, and I don't have all the details right now on L.J. McRae, but there's been programs that he's continued to visit after his commitment to Florida. auburns he's been in touch with Auburn, spoke with them at length yesterday. Florida State's been in the mix. Miami's another program that he strongly considered before he committed to Florida. So uh, these kids have different processes for how they dot their I's and cross their T's. Obviously, if you're Billy Napier and company, you want to get L.J. McRae signed and and, and get them Enrolled early and get let him get to work because he's an instant impact player as well.
1: Steve, what's uh you mentioned Auburn? It seemed like they you know they may they lost a player or two to Auburn uh, to Alabama and Georgia, but uh, they also made up for it uh, elsewhere. How would you evaluate Hugh Freeze's first? Yeah, uh, you know, he had, he had one signing class last year, but this is his first one with a lot of head of steam.
6: Yeah, well, it's the first time that Auburn's been in the twenty four seven Sports top ten. Uh, rankings in several cycles. They're at number eight right now and they got some dynamic playmakers at the wide receiver position led by five-star receiver Cam Coleman. They landed one of their top quarterback targets in Walker White. They beat Clemson out for him and then defensively uh, Amaris Williams was a big flip from Florida on the defensive line, the number 34 overall player in the country for 24-7 sports and they got some linebackers that can... Uh, be really destructive. DeMarcus Riddick, they flipped from Georgia. Joseph Phillips, they beat Georgia on. And then Jamonta Waller was a kid that they flipped from Florida early in the cycle. So Hugh Freeze and his staff, they're getting the recruiting wins that they need to as they try and climb the SEC ranks, which obviously then climbs the national ranks.
1: Steve, uh, let's talk about the top of the SEC. And it looks very familiar, Georgia and Alabama. Last year, was Alabama and Georgia. Uh, what, how would you evaluate what those two were able to bring in
6: well for georgia it's another class that's status quo on defense it's going to keep the bulldogs among the nation's best on this side of the ball ellis robinson's the number one cornerback in the country justin williams is the number one linebacker in the country and kj bolden who they flipped from florida state today is the number one safety in the country georgia has 11 of the of 24 7 sports top 100 players committed so over 10 percent of the top 100 players in the country are coming to play for georgia and a lot of them are on the defensive side of the ball and then for alabama they go out and land maybe one of the best pure throwers at the position at quarterback in in julian saying out of the state of california and they got a couple corners that can absolutely run and be versatile for you out on the perimeter in and jalen and and Xavier brown
1: talk about saying because uh, there's so many people in alabama that are thrilled with him it's not unusual for Alabama to land a five-star quarterback. They've had a few over the years.
6: Yeah, well, again, he's, he's a young man that's uh, very accurate with the football. Uh, makes very good decisions. Rarely turns it over through just one interception as a senior. He's also super smart. His older brother played Ivy League football. Uh, he certainly could have been on that trajectory, but he he's a young man that uh, his ability to throw the football in a timely fashion, anticipate, be accurate to all levels of the field. And he's very competitive. He went into that elite 11 finals alongside guys like Dylan Rayola and DJ Lagway uh, ready to show what he could do. And he came out the other side, the elite 11 finals MVP.
1: Incredible stuff. Uh, Steve, thank you very, very much for your time. I know it's uh, that type of a day. We appreciate it. We head to the break right now. More of your phone calls at 855-242-2785.
0: You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show Podcast.
2: We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any.
1: Eastern Kentucky. So I've been talking about this. I asked Connor about this earlier. Uh, we think we have a better answer now after uh, hitting some sources up. But this is uh, what Hugh Freeze had to say earlier today.
2: There's some schools in this conference that uh, they 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 believe in last night efforts, and um and what well, you know you got you got to fight and you got to hold on and you got to stay up all night and. Play video games and do stuff that's out of my comfort zone, and um, but you, you just, you know, there was there was some late night pushes, and we won, held on some, and won one, and lost one, and um, yeah, people in this conference are good at what they do, and um, I don't always like what is done, but it's uh, it's it's, you know, you got to just you got to have plans, and you got to fight for it.
1: Who was he calling out? We do know that uh, he there was a player that they lost at the uh, wire, late night push to Georgia. They lost one to Alabama. Coach Freeze calling out the goat. Thought they were thought they were Christmas cruise buddies. Yeah. We will get back to the calls. And Brandon is up next. Hello, Brandon. How's it going, Paul? We are doing great. Thank you.
4: Hey, first-time caller, first time ever.
1: Well, great well, to I, have you. I I
4: couldn't Yes, sir. Uh I couldn't believe my ears earlier. I heard of one of your callers from Missouri saying you were ill-spirited and mean. Mhm. That can't be true.
5: Well. You still there, Paul? Yeah. Um. <laughs>
1: I just uh, just couldn't believe it. I was trying to process uh, how uh, mean, thin skinned, vindictive, and Scrooge like I am.
4: And it's not true. When I walk down thinking of Christmas, I think of the, the, the Nativity, I think of Santa Claus, and I think of Paul Feinbaum. All three. That's only because you are the uh, Christmas your,
1: your, your local mall, Santa Claus, looks just like me.
4: <laughs> well, that's what I've got. John was wrong from Missouri Con, you mean.
1: Well, I hope John you are, will call back. I, I'm in a forgiving mood today. It's Christmas. and
4: Well, that's been, true. Been, it's
1: Christmas time. I have been sniping time. at too many people, haven't we, Randy? That was, some, that was some loaded eggnog you gave me earlier. I just said, give me a sip. I didn't mean a A fifth. Hey, thank you very much, Brandon. That's nice of you to say. Uh, Rowdy is up next. Uh, hey, Rowdy.
3: Well, hello, Paul. It's it's good to talk to you again, especially so soon.
1: Thank you very much.
3: Uh, I'm calling you from St. Florian. I don't know if you remember that. Oh, I do. Uh, I was,
1: Absolutely. Yeah, we talked yesterday.
3: Yes, sir. Uh, we did uh, about uh, Archbishop Joseph uh, Marino this you to be on your show tomorrow afternoon, is that correct?
1: That is correct.
3: Okay, yes. All right, listen, I, I wanted to commend the one caller. He called in and asked for the backstory of you and your relationship with the Archbishop. And uh, what you just briefly spoke on there was very uh, enlightening. I had wondered about that connection myself. Uh And it does, I'm a Protestant myself, but I live in a great community, and I told you they take absolution and confession very, very seriously, Paul. Of course. And, uh, but uh, if you would, uh, I would like to ask uh, on my behalf, the Archbishop, to put in a prayer for uh, Alabama to do well in the upcoming game. And I wanted to go back also, Paul, and pick at you a little bit on something I brought up that uh it you and i had spoke about it the first of the season if i may of course okay uh i remember uh you weren't a fan of Jalen Milrow, and, uh, and and to be honest we a lot of the alabama faithful w- wasn't but Paul where everybody messed up is even you yourself, you were saying that Coach Saban should name a starter. This is before they ever started the first game. You wanted to know who the starter was. You were questioning Nick Saban and his ability. And a lot of other Alabama fan bases were also. But what I'm saying is is even in the second game, you know, we had the debacle, we lost to Texas and then the the terrible game against the University of uh, South Florida. But, uh, Paul, we should never question the greatest that's ever done. It.
1: Benjamin's up next in Georgia. Good afternoon.
4: Hey, I want to wish you and Brad sent off an early Shabbat shalom
1: and one <laughs> eagle. Shabbat shalom. On a Wednesday, never had one of those before. Alan is up next uh, in Rye, New York, uh, right outside of New York City. Uh, hey, Rye. Hey, uh, Alan.
5: Hi, Paul. How are you today?
1: We're doing. What's, what's up there in Westchester?
5: Well, I'm calling about Georgia. I uh, want to you to. I want to know how, how you feel about. You can go undefeated for three years, be the number one team, and lose one game and go from number one to number six.
1: Well, there's only one explanation. Uh, it's uh, it's a travesty.
5: They must hate Georgia on that committee for yeah, they, them to they, do no, that. They, they
1: don't hate Georgia, Alan. What the, what they did was what this committee always does. It usually affects the top four. This time, it affected what came later. Is that they all know Georgia was one of the four best teams, but they played the most deserving game and ended up <laughs> having to. Uh, Make up for leaving Florida State out, which was the right decision, and the only way they could make up for that was to switch Florida State and Georgia at the last minute. I firmly believe they had Florida State ranked behind Georgia initially, and then they said this is really going to look bad because we didn't explain our – we didn't set this up right, so let's just go ahead and kick Georgia to the curb.
5: Don't you agree that they put way too much weight on that last game as opposed to the whole season.
1: Well, but there's a reason they do that. Uh, the conference championship game means more than just an average game. Uh, that's a stipulation of their criteria. That uh, And that what that is meant to do is to give weight to a, to a Power Five conference champion over... Let's say Notre Dame, who doesn't have that conference game. Not that we ever have to worry about Notre Dame being in contention for that top four. Uh, so, uh, so I mean, and, and, and like the year, yeah. You know, I mean, Alabama, as you know, got in there a couple of years ago without winning its own division. So, but they were able to overcome that. But, but I think that's what happened to Alabama last year. They they didn't have that conference game so they 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 were pushed aside uh tcu didn't have it either by the way this is not like following uh there's been a lot of constitutional law in the news today they they don't use precedent they literally do whatever they want to do and not only that they don't really care what anyone says this is the first time it's ever gotten beyond a bunch of uh, espn analysts and radio talk show hosts screaming and hollering hey thank you really good to hear from you uh, let's check in with Ridley next. Ridley, what do you got?
3: Hey, Mr. Feinbaum. How you doing today?
1: We are doing great. Thank you.
3: Yes, sir. Um, I just wanted to see what are your thoughts on Auburn football for next year? Uh, I know we've had a great signing day. We have a few more recruits that uh, there's some interest in, in flipping, like uh, L.J. McCray, and there's some, a lot of hype around Ryan Williams. And uh, we got the big – we got the big two wide receivers, Cam Coleman and uh, Perry Thompson coming, uh, which we desperately need as our wide receivers have not had the potential that they certainly have in recent years. But with the 12-team playoff coming up, um, how do you see uh, Auburn finishing out the year? Do you see them possibly making the top 12? Really? Uh,
1: I, I number one. How old are you?
3: Almost 15
1: okay you follow this stuff uh very you follow it better than most of us here here do will you keep will you keep up with him randy i think i think we ought to name ridley the permanent host of the show after after that call um ridley i think auburn is going to have a major comeback next year i think they're they're really well suited and situated and you know the playoff I'm, i'm not i'm not i'm not sure i feel that comfortable with going with auburn in the playoffs yet but I think Auburn is uh, at least moving toward that possibility. You, You take care of yourself. Have a great Christmas. We head to the break. We have a long way to go here on a Wednesday afternoon.
0: You're listening
4: to the Paul Feinbaum Show Podcast.